and welcome to the 90th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, think about, dream about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. And I am joined tonight by four of my co-hosts, Alex Lane, Charlotte High, Jen Justice, and Wendy Sierra. Good evening, ladies. Hey, I'll start because um, I want to point out that the podcast is currently private, so people can't watch. Oh, how do I do that? What did I do? So, I would start again. We can, we, you know, we're, we can still keep going, but Sam can look at changing that. So, I'm Alex Lane. Um, I'm a, an assistant professor at Metropolitan State University, starting a graduate certificate in game studies, and a minor in game studies. I'm very excited about that. Woohoo! Woohoo! So, there we go. And I study stuff. <coughs> stuff? Yeah. Stuff and things. Just whatever Stuff things. And I have glasses because I spent too much time on media this week and I'm getting headaches. So mm. suck it. <laughs> Makes you look smart. Do I? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to rock these then. <laughs> Although it like makes me, it gives me a headache if I back too far up. But I'll just, I'll trade looking crazy for looking smart. Now I have a headache because you're talking about headaches. I'm so... Susceptible to people's suggestions. <laughs> I feel like that's how I started getting these because I like read this thing a week and a half ago about headaches caused by iPads and stuff, and then I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm constantly in front of a screen all the time. Aren't we all? It's been bothering. I know, right? And it's been bothering me since then. So I think it's psychosomatic, Alex. Saying no, I agree. <laughs> Can go. Um, I'm Jen Justice. I'm a second-year PhD student uh, in rhetoric and composition at Purdue, um, and I mostly look at games and how they relate to writing and teaching. Cool. Mm -hmm. All, All right. right. I'm Charlotte Hyatt. I'm a doctoral candidate at Purdue University, the resident Lego scholar. And also, I like video games. <laughs> <laughs> and I study things also. Things and stuff. Yeah. All right, Wendy. Hi, I'm Wendy Sierra. I am an assistant professor in uh, the English and Digital Culture and Technologies program at St. John Fisher College. Northeastern New York, and I also study stuff. <laughs> we are we are some smart chicks. At this point in the semester, you can tell I'm smart because this situation. <laughs> stuff and things. I I don't know if I go so far as things. We're still um, working on stuff. Just um, stuff. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff I gotta think about. So if glasses are what makes us smart, I think I'm going back to my contacts after like five years. Will that make me stupid? As a um, recent, within the last two days, glass aficionado, <laughs> um, I have no idea. 
I, okay. I, I think you've banked enough years of glasses wearing to to work towards your credit. Yeah, because I've, I've been wearing them for like 40 years. I think you'll find that uh, they don't help anymore, right? It's just like counterproductive. Huh? I, like I you're too smart for glasses to make you look smarter. There you go. Okay, I'll go for that. I think you'll you'll feel stupid because contacts are a pain in the ass, and you'll quickly figure that out. No, I wore contacts for a long time. I did too, but ugh, what a pain. Do you yeah. always wear glasses, Sam, or is it like a you're getting old like me thing? Do I always wear glasses? You have mean, you like them always to worn see? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I need them to see. <laughs> I've always had a profound need. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Because I need bifocals, so we'll see what happens. Because I don't know how I'm going to be able to read once I get contacts. You get some reading glasses, become an old lady. Oh, God. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> so I'll still have glasses. Right. All right. So we'll do our usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking, fun stuff, and then talk about fun stuff. So, ladies, what are you playing? You'll never guess what I'm playing. Um, let me see. Some crazy game. Probably. World of Warcraft. All the World of Warcraft. How is it? Uh, I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, really? The, the garrison, which is funny, because I don't typically like the Facebook style, social media, do some missions and then wait for something to recharge and then do some more missions type thing. And that's what the garrison that they introduced, the player garrison is. And I absolutely love it. I have minions. They go do my bidding. They bring me back crap. Love it. Um, they also sounds they, like Diablo. They did a really good job, I think, of sort of streamlining how questing happens. So in the lore, it's a lot better. You know, I feel like particularly when they got started, it was a lot of go fetch this. Okay, now come back and I'll tell you a story that you probably in the quest text and then go fetch this other thing and then I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the story. I've done a much better job of weaving the story into the gameplay in a way that's... Uh, there you go, Sam. Fun. I, like I said, I, I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> I also just saw on Polygon that they had been down as low as 6.8 as low as 6.8 million players, and they are apparently now back up to 10. Oh, wow. <coughs> yeah, wait till this month is up. It'll be back down. Yeah, they're <laughs> just a wild hater, right? <laughs> I mean, no, that's a that's a legitimate point because um, when you buy the expansion, it comes with your first month of game time. Um, so right now, it's counting, you know, everybody that maybe just picked it up quickly and I think it will be interesting to see you know how long do people actually stay with it do they keep playing it past 
their one month. You know? Right. And, you know, and if it has that stickiness to it, because some of the expansions do or did and some didn't. Like, Pandaria didn't for me. I did not think, I was not a fan of Pandaria at no, all. No, I agree. No, Burning Crusade did. Huh? I c- Burning Crusade. Yeah, Burning Crusade did. Yeah. I came back to WoW right at the end of Pandaria, and I sort of constantly had to tell myself, like, the new expansion is coming out in six weeks. You all need to cancel your subscription. It's coming out in four weeks. There's no point in canceling and restarting, because I just did not like Pandaria at all in any way. Ben does. Oh, shit, there's a continent down there that we never noticed. Whoops, guys. How did that happen? (laughs) Totally plausible. Not a lot of issues with Pandaria. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really liking Renoir. Pretty fun. Wad. Warlords of Renoir. It's not as good an acronym as Waddle, but... (laughs) (laughs) alright so who's up next I can go Um, I haven't been doing a whole lot that's new Uh, a lot of Skyrim and more Skyrim and more Skyrim which Sam loves to make fun of me for Um, but I've also been uh, checking out a new indie game which I'm going to uh I'm going to end up power hour reviewing this weekend, but it's This War of Mine, and it is beautiful. Um, and just as, as the overview, uh, it's basically a simulator, so day-to-day survival type simulator, um, but it's set up in a war zone, and you play civilians instead of soldiers. So it's you trying to survive in a very hostile environment um, that doesn't have zombies. So... Interesting, interesting game so far. What's wrong with zombies? Nothing's wrong with zombies. <laughs> most, of the, most of the most of the stuff are zombies. <laughs> zombies are a okay. What's wrong with zombies? We we got we got against zombies. Picking on the zombies. Yeah. Zombie racism. Not that I'm a zombie. I'm asking for a friend, but what do you got against zombies? <laughs> I have friends that are zombies, just so y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> My mother was a zombie, okay? I guess I'm a zombieist. I'm sorry. You Maybe you're a humanist. <laughs> That's good. Oh, I amuse me. <laughs> All right. What about you, Charlotte? What you playing? Well, let's see. I started playing. I've never played this franchise before, but I, I, I downloaded Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Um, I like I said, I never played the franchise before. So one of the first things that happened was the camera zoomed up her skirt, which was a little bit strange. Whoa. I was like, well, okay, hello. <laughs> um, that must be an Ace Attorney thing, because that doesn't usually happen in a... That must be a Phoenix Wright thing, because that, that doesn't usually happen in yeah. Professor Layton. Maybe, but it was a Professor Layton's seg- segment, I think. I don't know. 
Anyway, I don't know. I just I just downloaded it because I needed to be distracted one day because my dog's sick and it was Sunday and I couldn't deal with it. So, um, yeah, I actually like it. I played it quite a quite a while. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Minus that the random panty shot. Yeah, that was the only weird thing so far. But um, well, and sometimes well, like when the um, the uh, Ace Attorney guy goes into court. It's sort of frustrating because I, I know the answer, but I can't figure out how to tell it I know the answer. So hmm. I kept losing because you have to tell it like at the specific right time. So anyway, I played that. And then I played Lego Batman 3. <laughs> That's surprising. I love and think is all the happiness. So I do want to hear about the beta version, though, Sam. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I brought it to school yesterday, like you told me to. Well, Michael and wasn't there, so I didn't ever go to. The you office. didn't show up. Well, I mean, I was. I showed up. He didn't show up. <laughs> I never went to the office because he wasn't there. What Sam wasn't a good enough reason for you to go? No, thank you. Jen. I'm glad somebody. Else <laughs> no, I forgot because when I said bring the Vita, I was thinking I will see you when I go to the office, but I never went. To the office. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that didn't happen. Yep. I'm actually now upset. I, I do want to play that game. Now I know. Okay, we can we can just blame Michael. <laughs> yeah, let's just blame Michael. My feelings are hurt. It's too late oh. now. <laughs> it is too late now. So now I'll never get to know about the the Vita. <coughs> I have to buy it. I think I'm missing some context. <laughs> Lego Batman 3. <laughs> She's got it I, for the system, but not for the Vita, and she wants to know yeah. what it's like. I really wanted to play it on the Vita, because the Vita is really my, my console of choice, if I'm honest. And Really? Yeah. Lego Marvel, <laughs> Lego Marvel Super Heroes and Lego Movie were so bad on it that I couldn't buy Lego Batman 3 on it. I feel like you're the only person who would answer the Vita as your console of choice. I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that thing. <laughs> yeah, you heard yes. I just love it. It's a sickness. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> but Lego Batman 3, to be fair, I'm glad I got it on the Xbox One because... It's really, really good looking game on the Xbox One. Yeah. Is there coach co op on it? I'm wondering about that. Hmm? What? Is there coach co op? I can't. There, I there usually is. Is coach there a what? Couch oh, um, I don't know because uh, I don't have anybody on my couch except Star. No. Aww. <laughs> 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 oh. Yeah. cute couch buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't hold the controller well, so puppy. Oh, oh well. But you know, I, there probably is though, because it's very, very similar to Lego Movie, except it doesn't have that stupid. Yeah. All the Lego oh. games have had couch co-op so far, because that's how that's yeah. that's why P and I play them all. But oh, it's I, I I like it a lot. I like it better than Lego Movie because. Well, I mean, with Lego Movie, I'd already seen, you know, the movie. 
and they're exactly the same. So, at least this, this time I haven't seen all the cutscenes. I watched uh, the Lego Movie for the first time the other day. Did yeah. you get to go see it for free along with the new Hunger Games movie, or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was actually on HBO. Um, and it was it was weird. That was like one of the weirdest movies I've seen. Yeah. It was weird. That that's is pretty weird. I'm, that's all I'm gonna say. It was just a very weird movie. Which one? The Lego Movie. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. No, oh, I yeah. go I go see the Hunger Games tomorrow, so that'll be fun. So jealous. 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 You should be jealous. Although they apparently they used to pay for snacks and now they're not paying for snacks anymore. Oh, so sad. My heart uh -huh. bleeds. Free. I know. That is some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> get there and be like, you know, I need some snacks, and I don't, I don't have any cash, so uh, can I get some snacks? <laughs> well, the thing, okay, so drinks aren't a problem because we have a very impressive drink fridge, so you just take a drink. But you know, you have to have you know movie theater popcorn, and there is like microwave popcorn, but that's just not the same. <laughs> you have a real person paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but know. she also lives in San Francisco. Yeah, this is exactly. a fixable issue. <laughs> exactly. Popcorn is probably going to be like eight dollars. Yeah, it'll cost the amount that it would you would have paid for the ticket. Basically. Yep. All right, Sarah. Since we haven't like had a chance to talk to you in forever, tell us what you're playing, hun. Um, well, I just started playing uh, Never Alone last night, which is, uh, <laughs> it's the, it's the, I'm not going to play that. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. It's the so new game that You got it to download in time, that's good. Okay, well, actually, there's a funny story to that. So I was downloading it, it was like a third of the way done, and then all of a sudden my internet just crapped out. So, like, the download stopped. And I couldn't get the internet to work for like a half hour, and eventually I just kind of gave up and I was like, oh, whatever. And I didn't have anything to do, so I just took a nap. And then when I woke up, the internet was back. So then I started the download, and it finished pretty quickly after that. So I still got time to play, but not as much time as I would have liked to have played it. But it's um, it's really interesting. It's it's not a it's not a difficult game by any means. It's kind of similar to Valiant Hearts. Like there are puzzles, um, but they're fairly easy to solve. Um, but then that's not really like the whole draw. I don't know. Like for me, that's not like the drawing factor of the game. When you it's like when you know if you if you play Valiant Hearts when you walk by and you like collect items, you can like read like historical information and stuff like that. Well, when you walk by like these. Uh, Owls, I think, um, and Never Alone. It gives you the opportunity to uh, play a video, which is like they're like little, you know, few minute, maybe one minute, little documentary pieces, like explaining uh, whatever relevant uh, piece of Inuit culture um, you were like encountering in that part of the game or whatever. Hmm. Which is really neat. It's like it's like actual, you know, uh, tribe tribe members, like, explaining these things, you know, and showing these things and stuff like that, which is really cool. Like, it's a very, it's a very, like, educational game, but, like, 
I don't know, very neat at the same time. And the art style is really great. Plus the little girl is really cute. <laughs> and I've heard the fox does not die, so that's good. <laughs> it's always a good thing. Um, but other than that, I, I've been playing the, the Harvest Moon game as well. Um, didn't you say that game sucked? It's not, it doesn't suck, but it's not that good either. It's not, it's definitely not like a Harvest Moon that I would recommend unless you really like Minecraft. Then maybe I would recommend it. See, no. I really like Minecraft, but I didn't even like the regular Harvest Moon, so I have the feeling that would not work for me. Well, it's, it's, so basically it's like they added a whole, like, customization element to it, so you can, like, create your, like, little, you've got, like, a whole little, like, field, or, like, little, uh, area instead of just, like, a farm. So you can, like, choose where to put the buildings, and you can, like, build and, like, dig out terrain, and, like, build rivers and stuff like that. Um, so that's like the Minecrafty element, and it looks like Minecraft too, because it's very like boxy. Not the not the characters though, but like the environment, which is like what was weird. It just doesn't it doesn't fit really. Um, and and but but in exchange for that, they like took out the whole town element. So like sometimes villagers will come to your or to your little like farm, but they won't. Um, but you can't, like, go visit them in a town or something like that, which is, like, what I, you know, was probably, like, the biggest negative for me. So, I don't know. So if you like to, if you like just the farming part, like, the, the farm, like, taking, you know, planting, caring for your animals, like, and then also if you like Minecraft, like, building things, then you would like it. And, like, if you didn't, if you weren't really a fan of, like, going into the town and socializing in other Harvest Moon games, then you would probably like it. But I I think um, Story of Seasons, which is like, I don't know, there was some like drama with the developers, and so like this Harvest Moon was not developed by the actual Harvest Moon developers. Like the title or, or franchise or something got bought by a different company, so they were like different designers. So like the actual Harvest Moon... Designers are the ones behind Story of Seasons, which comes out in February and looks a lot more like a Harvest Moon game. Only, like, with more... It looks like it's going to be more RPG elements, too. So, that one looks pretty interesting. But, um... That's basically it. Also, our hug <laughs> Promotional. Obviously, playing uh, my game, Dragons of Atlantis... And then also, uh, my friend works on the Hunger Games mobile game, so that just got released uh, a little while ago. But it's a battle card game, so I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea. I like battle card games. <laughs> well, I love battle card games. I'm all over that. It's free, and it's got Hunger Games characters. <laughs> so, you know. So. <laughs> If you like both of those things, then I would recommend going to check it out. It's Hunger Games Panem Rising. So, self-promotion there. Yeah, I have to check that out. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I guess it's my turn, huh? 
Um, well, I'm still playing Fantasy Life because I can't stop, and it's a bit of an addiction, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I need a 12-step program, and <laughs> I play until my, my 3DS is, like, dead every night, um, and I purposely didn't put a charger in my room so that I have to stop when my battery dies. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. Um, I uh, also, since we're talking about handhelds, um, have been playing one of the the free PSN games on the Vita this month was Steam World Dig, which I've kind of wanted to play for a while, but I never wanted to pay full price for it, and I always missed it when it went on sale, so it was finally free. Um, so I played a lot of that on the Vita. It's a platformer. Um, where you're this robot um, whose uncle has died, I guess cease to function would be a better way to put that. <laughs> and because <laughs> he's a robot. Because he's a robot, yeah. Uh, and um, so you have to go and take over his mining company or what have you, um, and you spend time mining. Um, and upgrading your mining equipment so that you can mine some more. And then you mine some more. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of game. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun playing it because those kind of weird platformers um, are actually a lot of fun for me. And uh, it's not as bad as some of the other ones that I've played more recently, like Spelunky, where there's permadeath and, you know, you just die, and then you have to start all over from the beginning. Even though I know Alex Lane really, I'm not even really gonna talk about it. No, I'm not. <laughs> I can feel you baiting me, and it's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Also, I've been playing. Um, I started playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Is it um, good? You know. Okay, so here's the thing. And uh, Freddie and I were just talking about this in the little the little uh, audience chat. Is that there are some weird things with the tactical camera that make it pretty difficult to see the entire kind of field of play. Um, and you need to like move around and scroll a lot to see the entire field of play, um, which. And he's playing it on PC, I'm almost like 100% sure. So I imagine it's even worse for him than it is for me because I'm playing on a big-ass TV. And it's still, you know, I'm not seeing everything I want to see. Mm, um, that's strange. It is. It's pretty weird. Um, and I don't know if I. it's just that I haven't figured it out yet. Um or if it's just the way it is. It feels more it feels more like a top-down strategy game this time around than it does an RPG. And I don't know if it's just that it's been so long since I played Dragon Age that it doesn't feel the same and I forgot what the game actually felt like um or if it just feels completely different. Also, and it might have a lot to do with the fact that I hated Dragon Age 2, so I didn't finish it. <laughs> That's what um, everyone says. 
Yeah, I hated Dragon Age 2. I love Dragon Age Origins. Dragon Age 2, I hated, so I didn't finish. Um, and I was I was tempted in the weeks coming up to Inquisition to um, to go back and play Dragon Age 2, um, but I didn't because I was like, why would I do that to myself? That doesn't <laughs> sound like fun. There's too many other fun games out there to play. Yeah, especially this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. Well, in the past couple of weeks, like all the DS games that came out, and I've been playing like all this other new stuff. So yeah, yeah I wasn't, I wasn't going back for that. Um, so, um, I was reading what uh, Freddie just said. He said, "Yeah, PC, and it's even worse because you can accidentally unpause it with the mouse scroll wheel while you're trying to adjust your view." <laughs> which is obviously not cool in a heated battle. No, no, not at all. Um, but, so, I don't know. I think it's going to take a little getting used to. I am not immediately loving it as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've liked the story a lot so far, I think. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it, it. I'm not. It's not like I'm ready to rage quit like I did with Dragon Age 2. Um, That's always good. I think I just need to get a better feel. Yeah, that is always good. I need to get a better feel for the mechanics because you know how after a while, even a game that seems to be a little bit more mechanically difficult or non-intuitive, once you play for a couple of hours, you just get it down packed and it doesn't even. You don't. You don't even feel it anymore. And I'm waiting to hit that sweet spot. I'm really waiting to hit that sweet spot. <clears throat> so, because everybody's talked, you know, all the reviews have talked about what a great game it is. So I must be, you know, I'm going to be patient. <laughs> I'm going to be patient. I have to remind myself to be patient more often. It's a, it's on my Christmas wish list. <laughs> well, I'll let you know before Christmas. <laughs> I'm like... I have, like, I'm not buying any new games. Well, you know, I bought Never Alone because that's obviously something that can't really be gifted. But I'm not buying any new games until after Christmas because I'm not sure, you know, what people are going to get me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, most of my wish list is video games, so I'm like, if I get any, then that's just going to screw somebody's, you know, plans up. don't want to do that. <laughs> there you go. Oh, take something off your wish list and buy it. <laughs> but if they will give me the game, you know. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Um, and then I know Charlotte is dying to know how Lego Batman Three on the Vita is. Tell me now. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say, Charlotte, that I put this on my uh, Sam playlist. Because I was supposed to play it today, and I didn't. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know it sucks, though. I know it does. No, they messed, it doesn't. They messed up the last two. There's no way this is any better. No, I read no, the, no, no, no. I read the... Batman, Lego pessimism. Batman 2. Lego no, Batman no. 2 was Lego, awesome. Lego Batman 2 was awesome. I'm, te- I'm talking about Marvel superheroes and movie. Wait. But you know what? Those games were horrible on the console too. But it's going to be the same situation. I read the I read the uh, description of it, and it's like, oh, so we we made it into bite-sized p- 
pieces. I don't want that shit. I want Lego Batman 2 where I can walk around and get lost and all of Lego Batman 2. Well, I'll let you know because I'm going to... What was gonna... the problem with Marvel, according to you guys? No, it's only on the, the Vita. On the Vita oh, with okay. the... I was going to say, that's one of the best games I ever played. I love that game. Now, it wasn't what's... as good as the other... It wasn't as good as the other Lego games. Mm. Well, they butchered it on the Vita because what happens on the Vita with both of these games is instead of giving you, like, a world like they gave you with Lego Batman 2 where you, you almost feel like you're having a console game because you, you have the full levels, they give you these little stupid cut-up battle scenes that take everything out of the experience and give you these little, what they call, bite-sized playing pieces or whatever. Mm. They're just... See, that doesn't like make little, sense. No, but that's what happened. I can show you. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I know that they did it on other on the other games, but why would they do that to three? Because they didn't do it to two. Because I think what happened is sometime between when two happened, which is a while ago, and now they've decided that the way to go is these little stupid bite-sized games. Strategy. Yeah, and then they put the they put the same cutscenes in because the Lego Movie has the same cutscenes. But the, the game is, is totally, I mean, it's bad. Are they doing it to, like, because people, when they're playing on a handheld device, tend to play in shorter bursts, or what? Yeah, I think that's the idea. But the, the aggravation for me is you can always pause the Vita, like, whenever you want to. Right. right. So it's not like a situation where you're stuck playing your handheld game waiting for a save point. It doesn't matter. You just put it down, and it's paused. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm afraid they did it again because I when I read the description of it, it sounds like the same thing again. Well, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> I will let you know because I'm actually gonna play it this time. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna not play Fantasy Life and I'm not gonna not play Steam World Dig. Sounds like I'm a lot. Of I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta play Never Alone too. I'm dying for that. I got a lot to play. Well, I if haven't nothing, downloaded Never Alone yet, so. If nothing else, the Lego Batman 3 cutscenes are entertaining as hell, so. <laughs> That's a thing. We shall see. Yeah. All right. Alex, you didn't go, did you? Oh, uh, no. Mine's pretty boring. Um, I played... I started yesterday playing some Sims 4, so I've been playing, because I realized I only played three hours of it, so... <clears throat> wow. I know. Um, well, all of my Origin games got deleted from my Origin account, like, two and a half weeks ago, and their wait time on, like, trying to talk to somebody was, like, eight hours, so I was, like, not oh, dealing with it. And I tweeted them, and they were, like, bear, whatever, uh... But then, fine, but then they just, like, three days ago showed back up my account. So um, I started playing it again uh, and making characters. I always try to, like, make myself over again, like, over and over again. Like, I have, like, 90 Alex Lanes. Hold on a second. I'm going to drop my pen. <laughs> so I have, like, 90 Alex Lanes, right? So this one, this time I was trying to make different characters. And they're all, like, bookworm computer nerds. So this time, like, right now, I have all sorts of different alter egos that I've been trying to do. Um, and I actually killed two in a row. I tried to fix uh, a broken um, radio, 
and my character got electrocuted and died. Oh, <laughs> That's very unfortunate. I thought it was very bizarre because they don't usually do that. No, the they usually they sometimes oh, get electrocuted, that, that but not happens. usually to the point of death. No, you just like you get all chopped, like burned, and then you take a bath. <laughs> so that was weird. And then um, what was the other one? Oh, the stove started. So I I built a new character. The stove started on fire within like a week of me getting her going, like a Sims week, and she, her stove caught on fire and she died. Like, I couldn't run away from it, I couldn't... <laughs> oh, God. You gotta so. love when that happens. The death didn't happen, but, like, uh, when I started Sims 4, the very first thing that my Sim managed to do, my me-Sim, was set herself on fire with the stove. Like, yeah, well, way like to go. You, you start off so bad at cooking, you know? Uh huh. Well, and I, that was I, a great start. I know that's a problem, so I bought the higher end stove. I spent the money on it, the one that's supposed to be more reliable. Right. And <laughs> it just, just like it up. But like, what if I've been working on that sim for a sim six months? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it was crazy. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. So anyway, then I started a new character and I made her bad. So she's like evil. And she gets off, like, right now my thing is I have to be angry and fight ten people while I'm angry. Um, and fight, fight people. ten people? <laughs> fight. fight. Oh, fight. Not bite. So, I thought you said bite. No, not bite. Bite. That might be kind of uh, funny. That'd be kind of funny. So anyway, <laughs> I'm just trying to play through the game and check out all the different options and stuff like that. So, uh, And then I've been playing Sid Meier's Civil uh, Beyond Earth. I've been playing that, too. I know, we played it together with my mama. <laughs> and I was winning. Uh, so, I love that game. What did you think, Sam? I like it. I do. It's 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 fun. I don't know. It's, you know, a lot, a lot of people were talking about the fact that it was so different from Civ 5 that it felt like a new game. So, that's kind of what I was expecting. But it's not, really. Mm-hmm. But it does, I mean... <clears throat> it feels like a new game. It doesn't feel like a different game. Like, the core... This is where I came down on it. Like, the core mechanics are the same. All of the core mechanics. You have technology, the technology web instead of a technology tree. You plant colonies or cities or whatever. Like, you move characters the same way. The land is laid out in the same way. Like, all that stuff's the same, but the content's different. Which I thought was the smartest thing they did. I love I love it. It's exactly if I was to like outline what my new Civ game would be like, that's what it would be. Cuz the pre well, like on earth civilizations, you know, the Babylonians and the Vikings or whatever. Like that stuff's getting a little played out. I mean, they've had five iterations of that. Well, the, this one's a little this one I like a little better even because the environment fights back. Yeah. Yeah, it does. The you know the the Miasma. local the local the local fauna the local species will like kill your explorers if they you know wander off and they just feel like it. <laughs> what I like too is they added a lot of complexity, like the alien species that you come across. You're invading their land, and if you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. But you can also choose to kill them all, right? And then when you start killing them, then the other societies will start being like, hey, I noticed you've been killing alien species. We're invading their home. You, 
either need to stop doing that or we're going to go to war with you to stop you. Like, yeah. So there's just a, it's better than just the roaming barbarians that just sort of kill for no reason, you know, and then you kill them uncritically. I don't know. I really like it. Um, and then the other game I played is, uh, I keep forgetting the name. That's why I wrote it down. Let's see. Uh, Everlasting Summer, which is my indie game of the week, so I can talk about it. Cool. No, it sucks. I mean, I'll wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm we'll reading do something too. Should I start off reading? Yeah, what are you reading? I'm reading um, Values at Play by. Oh, it's in the other room. I forgot what the author's name is. Um, but pretty much it's like my dissertation. <laughs> kind of sucks. Oh, it's um, Mary Flanagan and Helen Niesenbaum. And it was published in, like, 2009. I have no idea why I haven't come across it before, but they talk about ethics, and they, they talk about all sorts of interesting stuff. It's really good. Oh, that's not 2009. Mm. The Flanagan and bomb. Are you looking at the Amazon page? Because that's the new edition that just came out in 2014. Oh, okay, because I just got that book, too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 2009. That's a, that's at least what my book says on the inside. Yeah, cause I just got I just got it too during that last MIT book sale. Yeah, it's so good. I'm I hate it because <laughs> <laughs> it says so many of the things I want to say. It's very good. Well, I'm while someone else is talking, I'll go grab my coffee and double check. <laughs> that's what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have been reading a lot of professional writing texts and Paco and not a lot of games writing stuff, which is both very exciting and very sad at the same time. So. Um, yes, it can be. There's been some really good stuff. It's just, you know, it's not games, which is sad. Huh? It's not games. It's not good. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, I'll say what I've been reading then. Um, I've been reading stuff and more stuff. Um, just reading a lot of the same stuff. I've been reading um, stuff on narrative. Um, I'm rereading um, the the newest Miguel Sickhart book because oh, nice. I'm really interested in how he's talking about uh, play. Because he's talking about play in a non-Huizinga-ish um, way, and actually says I'm going to talk about it in a non say uh, actually says I'm going to, you know, talk about it in a non-Huizinga way, because um, he feels that you know Huizinga doesn't go far enough that Huizinga's definition of play is just too basic. Um, so I'm rereading that. Um, I'm also reading stuff on ethics and games, um, ethics and journalism, um, and the values at play is like next on my Kindle to read. But my fun book that I am not reading but listening to is um, Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour library. 
I love that book. <laughs> that is like one of my favorite books I've ever read ever. It I've is, never heard of it. Yeah, what's it about? Oh my god, it's about everything. It's about everything. <laughs> oh my okay, gosh. So, so um, I think I had talked about a book that I was listening to with P um, a couple of weeks back. It was called Mr. Limoncello's Escape from Mr. Limoncello's Library, which it's about, you know, these kids win this contest and they get to go into this new library that's opening up uh, and there's a contest and they have to figure out how to get out of the library using this riddle that he gave them and whoever successfully does it, um, like, wins and wins stuff. So, um, but it was all about books and all about libraries and library spaces and so on and so forth. It was a great book for kids. They're actually supposed to be making it into a movie, and I'm excited about it. It's a kid's book. Oh, cool. um, Mr. Penumbra is not a kid's book, though. <laughs> no, Mr. Penumbra is not a kid's book. <laughs> but it is all uh, that. But uh, Mr. Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour um, bookstore is what it is, right? Mr. Yeah. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore um, is about a young man who had um, who was a web developer um, so you know kind of set you know in in kind of all his friends are techie and they're like um, uh, special effects designers and his girlfriend works at Google so everybody's like super techie but he gets this job because he can't find another job after he loses his um, his job as a web developer at this very strange bookstore that doesn't really sell any books, but people come in with this special card and take out these codexes um, that are secret and are written in, uh, written in code. Um, so it's about this kind of mystery and secret society that revolves around these books and what these people are doing with them. It is it, awesome. It's so, it's so awesome. And, the, and then they get into like um, big data and yeah, the I guess argument or or divide between books and ebooks. It's just the, the whole thing is it's my favorite book. And yeah, it's, it's really good. Novel. I mean, it's it's it, I don't know if it's my favorite book, but it's right up there with um, Ready Player One. Nice. And, it's, and it's, just, it's really good. It's a really good book. Yeah, um, sheer sheer fun. <laughs> yeah, sheer fun is a good way to put it. So I've been um, I've been actually listening to it, because um, nice. that's a good cheat for me in my mind. I actually started reading it again this <laughs> month. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. So that's what I'm reading. Anybody else? I'm reading um, Stephen King's new one. It's not as much fun. Which one is that? <laughs> Revival. Oh. I thought it was going to be about crazy religious people, but it's not. <laughs> that make it more or less fun. It's just meh. I mean, he used to be good, but I don't know. He just doesn't... Uh, he's just boring. Well, he, writes, he writes so much and so fast that I often find that, kind of like uh, Dean Koontz, I really like Dean Koontz, but some of them are just hit or miss. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I, I don't know that he necessarily loses, is losing his, his touch so much as, like, maybe it just really was not his day. <laughs> but it hasn't been his day for, like, 
15 years, so... Yeah. I feel yeah. like cranking out that many books would do that to you, though. Yeah, like, yeah no, totally, yeah. I, I don't think I could handle it. <laughs> I just I just think I should give up at, at some point. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's always been my favorite author, so I just stick in there. Just keep on going. But it's, it's meh. So. It's meh. Yep. Oh, sorry. What about anybody else reading anything good? Fiction or otherwise? I've just been reading stuff for class. <laughs> Trying to keep my head above water. I understand that one. It gets, it, it's actually starting to get a little confusing because I have two games-focused classes. Um, one of them is using the Salem Zimmerman rules of play. Um, the other, we've been reading like selections from first person. And Zimmerman sort of repeats like his argument in those two different places, but he says it in different ways. So I keep referencing like anecdotes that are in rules of play, but not in first person or because he's saying the same thing, he's just using different examples. And my students are like, we didn't read that one. <laughs> Dr. Sierra, you're talking about the other class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have one student that's in both, so he's like, I, I think that you're, yeah. It's that time of the semester. Really yes, is. it is. <laughs> We only got, we have three more weeks, right? Yeah. Wow, only three? Well, uh, really, it's... really just two, because one of them's Thanksgiving, so let's... let's... Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we've Thanks. got half of this week, and then two weeks after Thanksgiving break. Mm -hmm. This week's over. Let's just, let's just say that. <laughs> well, I have to teach tomorrow, so it's not over for me. Well, I, I have to teach here. Friday, but, I mean, if we could just agree... You know, <laughs> That was that kind of power. I think if we all do it, yeah, yeah. No, we don't have any power. <laughs> <laughs> There's no power. Just, Just to clear it over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anybody else got anything good? Fun, at least. All right. Here's the real fun part. What you drinking? <laughs> I saw your sneaky, sneaky, Sam. And that is exactly what I was drinking. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I'm so sad because look. Oh. <laughs> I was contemplating sneaking away and making another one. You should. You should. Why not? Remember the night you drank that pouch of booze and you got really, really drunk when we had a guest on? <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte had that. Charlotte had it when she was at my house this weekend. She was yes. like, this is kind of strong. And I was like, that's why I was wasted that night. <laughs> Does anybody remember who the guest was? There was a there was a guest when you did that? <laughs> yeah, Sam was all challenging. Yes, and... yes, yes. It was, um, oh, gosh. Oh, who was it? I know exactly who it was. Give me a second. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was. I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> that was funny though. 
It was pretty funny. I, I was so drunk and I felt so bad. How dare you make me have to step up? That's just an insult to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it was De- it was Deidre Kai. Yeah. Uh, you kept calling uh, Z her. And you uh, lectured us before to not call Zim, right? Zer, whatever. Or them, yeah. You kept, you kept lecturing, lecturing us about it, and then you kept doing it. And then I got drunk and kept doing it. Yeah, I'm a horrible individual. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even notice you were drunk, though, that night. <laughs> what? You are the biggest blinders on in the world? I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is, the pouch is strong. It is strong. The pouch is strong with this one. Yes, it was good. It was good. <laughs> Yeah. Charlotte was mixing. Charlotte was mixing it with the uh, sparkling water. Yeah, I had to put a little more sparkling water in because it was I like, like well, I can well, hello there, pouch. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. It I'm was pretty scotch. Good. Okay. I've got a I have cranberry ginger beer. Mm, that sounds good. It is. Oh, we had a we had a mascot too um, when you weren't here, um, Jen, this weekend. I'm sorry. What's a mascot? A mascato. One yeah. of the types of mascotos. Yeah. yeah, but it was just a but it, they didn't call it a mascato. They just called it a mascot. Mascot's well, from Texas. That's because it was from Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mixed that also with sparkling water. Yes, Mr. yes, Sam's she did. Aggravation. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sparkling water. A lot. She mixed everything with sparkling water. Yeah. But the the beauty of that is that I can drink and also drive. <laughs> because I don't get drunk. There's so no mm-hmm. no oh. drunk. No. Yeah. Other drinks? Or is that it? I got nothing. No, I don't have a drink. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You just rush home from work, so. Yeah. You need to keep booze hidden under your bed or something, Charlotte. I mean, um, Sarah. I'm like, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte's like, okay. <laughs> under my bed, you mean under my pillow. You should have said, said, how did you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny. All right. So you guys are so crazy. Um, Do we have any news or can we just go straight to the indie game of the week? Uh, There might be news. There might be news. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's toy news, I guess. No, (laughs) that waits. No no toy news for you, damn you. Well, Smash comes out tomorrow. (laughs) That's news, kind of. Nope. For the Wii U, Smash, yeah, comes yes. out tomorrow. Or, or we can talk about the fact that, you know, um, that uh, Ubisoft had their uh, post-release uh, review embargo on a game where nobody had fucking faces because it was so broken. That's hilarious. Like, uh, just looking at the pictures, it was just hilarious. Wow. Like, you're so creepy. They did say that it was hard to animate. <laughs> let's let's just remember. 
What was uh what was the game where they got where the uh person from it said they they couldn't um include female characters because it would be too much of a burden to uh program them when they had like one point three trillion different options for male characters? Oh yeah. yeah what was yeah. that game? Do you remember? It was something that was Assassin's Creed, wasn't it? No, no, it was a first-person shooter. Yeah, this one was different. Where they were, you could you could build your own character. And they're like, well, we couldn't make a woman because it would be it was too much work and we couldn't afford it. But there's 1.3 trillion different facial options and things like that for the male characters. <laughs> Total like sense. I said, mm-hmm. They did say it was difficult to animate, and <laughs> clearly it was difficult. <laughs> They, they clearly are having animation issues. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you try and crank it out one every year, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and two some care years. More about profit than a. And two some years, because there's two this year. This two this year too, right? I don't know. Oh yeah, I don't know. Is there two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's two this year. Mm-hmm. I just saw news that uh, the first uh, screenshots from uh, Telltale's Game of Thrones was leaked. That's actually, re- that's actually relevant to me because uh, the guy, a guy who lives across the street from me works at Telltale and he's specifically working on that game. Yeah, and you read the bus together, right? Well, yeah. We're like bus partners. I was thinking. I was thinking about. I was thinking about your friend, and I was gonna tell you. Yeah, tell him to get his shit together and hurry up and get that game out. I'm tired of waiting for it. Um, <laughs> he told me. I think it's coming out in December. They said before the end of the year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's December. Well, the the Telltale Borderlands is coming out this month. They said so. It's got to be coming out next week. Yeah, he. I mean, he's. I think they're done. Yeah, because he's working on Borderlands now too. Yeah, so it must be coming out this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's done. So now you're just playing the waiting game. Uh, I did... This is something that surprised me, though. Like, And it might just be like the specific job he does, but I think he's an animator. But, like, apparently Telltale pays their employees, like, not well at all. <laughs> like, their style, like, his job as an animator makes less than mine does. At Telltale? Yeah, that Telltale doesn't. Telltale's like salaries are very low. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they pay like certain employees higher. Like I don't know if they pay like their writers more, but like their animators don't get paid very well. And he said that like um, they uh, they he said that they'd probably outsource his job if if the engine wasn't so difficult to <laughs> train people on. Well, that's not good. It's kind of, it's kind of bubble shattering. Like, <laughs> cause he was like, oh, he's like, he's like, oh, I think Telltale like pays lower than like you know the typical, um, average like gaming salary or whatever. And like mine is like twenty two an hour, and his is uh, he said it's like seventeen an hour. Hmm. So, but you know, you work at Telltale though, so that's kind of fun. So. <laughs> Oh, we have another news uh, announcement from our audience. Oh, yeah? <laughs> go ahead, Sam. No, you go. You brought it up. Uh, at Kairos, the journal of three things that I can't remember the order of, technology and 
pedagogy and something. Uh, they're doing a thing called Kairos Cast where they're interviewing um, academics who do podcasts and things like that. And they interviewed me and Sam. Oh. And it's up now, apparently. Yay. Is it up uh, or is it, he says coming out really soon. Oh, it's coming out really soon. I remember us being particularly charming on that, so. <laughs> you guys should probably check it out. <laughs> nice. Am I, am I right, Sam? We were kind of awesome. Well, aren't we usually? It didn't hurt that we had good people interviewing us. Yeah, it was a fun interview, so that that helps a lot. I thought it was fun. <laughs> that helps a lot. Yeah. All right. So, what about our indie game of the week? Oh, it's really bad. Okay, so I played. <laughs> um, well, it's so funny because when I started, I was like, "This is gonna be a good review." Finally, like I get to review a good one. Oh. Uh, so it came out today. Um, it's called, uh, let me open up my thing again, Everlasting Summer, I think. Um, and it's a Russian game. It's by Soviet Studios. And it's originally in Russian, and they translate it to English. So Everlasting Summer, yeah. So it's Japanese animation style, um, like kind of like manga style. Uh, animation and uh, like I said most of the stuff like the background they didn't redraw stuff so it's in Russian but they the subtitles so it's actually a interactive novel or something like that kind of like Pompamoose okay. except way worse um, okay so it started out I thought it was gonna be interesting like you're this character who's been having these weird dreams and you kind of wake up half in a dream state and and, I mean, it's it's everything I hate because it's, like, just clicking through dialogue, but it actually was kind of interesting at the beginning. Although, I should back up. At the very beginning, they give you a disclaimer. And this it's a paragraph long, and it says something to the effect of, uh, all of the girls in this are 18. And oh, if you think that something inappropriate is going on, it's basically your sick problem uh, because they're all 18. So... <laughs> Couple that with the Japanese animation style, right? So anyway, so the game starts in like, it's actually, this, and Sam, you can particularly attest to how remarkable this is, because it held my attention for a while. Like, as an, as an interactive novel, where I'm just like clicking through the dialogue, it was actually half interesting. And I hate that stuff. <laughs> um, and then like, you go through a while, and then you wake, and then you're like all of a sudden on this magic bus with six, obviously not 18-year-old girls. And they go I'm, through... I'm looking at video of it now. Yeah, they're not 18. And they go through... I mean, for example, one's, like, holding a teddy bear and wearing this little shirt, and it's just, like, her panties that you see. Um, you see what all is, their panties. What, like, why did you pick this game, Alex? Be, well, I picked it because it came out today and it was free. <laughs> <laughs> Both great reasons. Okay. I thought it was interesting because it was like they have this Creative Commons license on it where they really want people to take it and make their own stories and make their own games with it. And I thought it was like kind of just an interesting concept, like writing your book through a game, like an interactive fiction, and then letting everybody else have free rights to it. Like, before you even start the game, you have to, like, agree to their thing that's saying, like, you can take this and make a story and make a game from it. 
I thought that was kind of interesting. Wait, what is it called again? I'm trying Everlasting to... Summer. Oh, I searched Eternal Summer, and that's probably why. That's a different game. <laughs> different game. So, um, does a game that uses young girls' sexual imagery inherently bad? Yes. But the game is also bad for other many, many other reasons. Um, it's just lazy and it makes no sense and it's it's too bad because the the animation like between the scenes is pretty cool. It's kind of like Walking Dead game style where you have like comics and they have decent music and anyway, <laughs> it's free. Are you are you looking at some of the videos? No, I'm looking at the pictures, but there's just this one girl who's like. Like, no no one that short would be 18. That's, like, not even possible. If you want, to, if you want it to be really bad, look at the, look at the actual video. <laughs> yeah, look at the video. I made some... I, I recorded some videos for, from it to uh, do a review on. I'm gonna... But I, I probably won't. It's just... It goes back to... Not to, like, politicize this... But it goes back to the post that I had last week, which is like, why can't you have a sexual game that isn't involving little girls? Like, yeah. like this, like sex is this weird thing in games where as inappropriate as they are and as over the line as they constantly are, they can't have like reciprocatingly enjoyable sexual encounters between two characters. Like, it's so Healthy weird. Sex. Yeah. Heaven forbid. For sure. So, like, like you make this game, like, why do you have to have little girls, like, holding teddy bears? Like, I get that it's, like, taboo and risky, and but, like, after so many times games have been made this way, it's not risky <laughs> anymore, right? It's just lazy. Because mm -hmm. he's like, nah, I can't find a girlfriend because I'm a nerd and I spend all my time in front of my computer, and then he wakes up in this bus with well, that's girls. Too. Well, that's and that's the whole thing. <laughs> he spent ninety nine percent of the time in front of the computer, and his parents have supported him. And he only can support himself now because he does like odd jobs online once in a while. And he like wakes up with six super young girls, underage so, girls. Yeah. I know it's just lazy and. Sounds like a catch. Someone's laughing, <laughs> and I can hear it in the background. Sarah. What? <laughs> Busted! It's on, it's on headphones. How can you hear it? I can oh, hear I, it. I don't know. Someone was playing it. It wasn't me. Wasn't me. So I don't know. I, whatever. It was free. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. That makes sense. <laughs> it's just well, at least at least it's free. Yeah, and at you didn't pay, pay for, it. for it. Yeah, so no, it's always definitely. a good thing. At least. Yeah. Simple pleasures, maybe, you know. Yeah. Blessings, Blessings yeah. is probably the better word. Silver linings. Yeah. Silver linings, that's a good one. But that's our indie game of the week. That's so sad. You can download it for free and try it. <coughs> Lament that there's not adult consensual sexual relationships in games. It just makes no sense. That's the <laughs> only thing in movies anymore, right? Why can't... Never mind. <laughs> drink more, drink more, it's okay. If you drink more, you will forget. That's a healthy way of drinking. Drink until you don't feel feelings anymore. 
Jig T feel no feels. Mm-hmm. All I'm right. Sure that will work. That will end well. <laughs> so um, yeah, now we get to our uh, topic of the week, <laughs> which we've been fighting about. <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to talk about toys, toys, and games that get it right. <laughs> Toys, toys. Because these heathens just want to talk about toys. I was going to say, we should tell the audience that this has been the entire week. This is what happened with the topic this week. Uh, Jen suggested we do games that did it right. And then Sam was like, that's That's stupid. I did not say stupid. That's boring. (laughs) And then Charlotte was like, let's do toys. And then everyone was like, oh my god, that's a good idea with the Barbie stuff this week. (laughs) And then ever since then, Sam has been like, what's our topic? Games, games. Right? And, and toys. then we like, and toys, and she's like, well, not toys, but games. <laughs> then she's like, what the fuck are we going to talk about with toys? <laughs> <laughs> this is how I imagine you're saying it as I'm reading your Facebook post. <laughs> We're going to talk about toys and games. These heathens are probably just going to talk about toys. That get it right. Okay, so we're doing ones that get it right. <laughs> Isn't that what we're doing? This or bitch. Or sure. rock. How about just toys and games, period? To hell with it. Well, I like the, Jen, I like the sentiment of doing, because we did, remember when we very first started this, Sam, we did a series of posts and a podcast on female protagonists and games that did it right. And I, I like that idea because when you, when you only focus on critiquing, like, I think that your audience, who you're really trying to persuade, gets so overwhelmed, and then they're like, well, fuck it, I might as well have 10-year-old Japanese girls, because even when I try to make a good female protagonist, it's bad. So, I, think, I, mean, I, like, the, I like the idea you have of focusing on how they're doing it right, even though it's not perfect, right. because that makes a nice roadmap. And, and even when they don't get it perfect, like... Progress is happening. Things are things are moving in directions that we would like to encourage, that we want to see more of. That are and I was thinking about this a lot, even. And this isn't, hey, this isn't even games or toys. Um, but I was thinking about this a lot because I've been rewatching. Um, I've been rewatching Avatar, and uh, oh, the cartoon, not the Uh-oh. not the movie, um, but the cartoon, <laughs> and then Either like getting into Korra, and. And the more I've been going through that show, the more I've been just admiring how diverse the casts are, how diverse the roles are, how different, like, every single person in there is there for a reason, has a developed story, has something that you could call cliched, but then also something entirely unique and developed, and no attention, like, it's not politicized. No attention is brought to it. It's not let me beat you over the head with a political agenda. It's just really good storytelling. And that's what I think is is really interesting and kind of fun to point out when we get into our games, is that some of these are doing some really amazing things. And I, I love that, too. Like, like, when there's a character that's diverse in a story or many characters that are diverse and all they can be like is, oh, look! Hey, there's the diverse person, right? Um, yeah. It sort of detracts from it. it and I don't know if it'd be politicized, but when it, when it, things are treated as normal, there's a certain power to them. So when it's treated as normal that there's diverse characters, gender, sexual orientation, 
race, like all, all of these things, and that's just like, that's not even a thing. It's just the way it is. Then mm-hmm. that has a certain amount of power to it, I think. Um, but it's not, obviously not like as, in, not, 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 not as interesting, but it's not as fruitful to talk about because there's so many things wrong with 99% of it that right. the 1% who are making strides sometimes get lost. So I, I don't hate the topic. <laughs> I don't, I thought, uh, bleh, what am I doing? Um, I was going to say, although um, I think, like, especially, like, with, well, not just with cartoons, but also with games, you have to also look at the way that they are then, like, handled by that company or, like, marketed. For sure. Them. Like, Cora yeah. gets no marketing. She has no merchandise. There's, like, absolutely nothing for Cora. I would, like, I know so many people who would love, you know, like, a Cora figure and stuff, but literally the only things they have that's Cora-related yeah. is uh, they have, like, a Naga plush and a Pabu plush. Yeah. And it's like, that's it. And they had figures that, and they also, they had figures for um, Avatar, but they didn't have Katara. Really? They had like they had like Aang and Sokka, I think, and Zuko. Pretty sure. Not even um, Azula. No, I think they had Zuko, but I'm pretty sure they did not have Katara, and I'm almost positive they did not have Toph. And wow. it's it's just like, like the thing is like so it's it while in a sense like usually it's being created um, respectfully uh, by the writers. With right. the exception, with the exception, I will say I'm still not happy um, how they forced all the romance, um, especially the unhealthy romance in the beginning seasons of Korra, which was not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it's like done well by the actual creators, like how the company then handles it, like can completely ruin everything. And I think I think it is really important to notice both the merchandising and that. Um, but I think as far as at least getting half of it right, they definitely they there's steps. There's there's progress. Well, it's not yeah, it's not worth throwing the entire thing out. But that is when you when you're looking at like the real world impact of things, you look at a game or a cartoon. Um, that has particular impact, but then when you look at what's happening behind the scenes, right. that has a, a lot of, I, I would say, more impact mm-hmm. on real people. Right. But. Yeah, and I and I think, like, and that's kind of, like, what a shame, like, for Core, because it was, like, you know, the Avatar series made Nickelodeon a lot of money. It did. Um, and, you know, it was very popular. Like, they did reruns all the time. Um, they still do on, like, the Nicktoons channel. Um, but then, you know, they kind of just expected the same for Court or something, but they never advertised it. They switched the time slots it aired all the time. So they made it, like near impossible for the casual fan to just catch, you know. So they fireflyed it. Um, and it's and it's like <laughs> and I don't know and I and I haven't heard anything about them saying, well, you know, oh look, like this one was, you know, a female main character and, you know, it didn't do as well as the one, you know, Avatar with the male main character. 
And mm -hmm. I haven't heard anything, not that I think we would hear anything, you know, from um, any people in particular, but, like, there's just, like, so many things like that that, like, could create that, like, skew. Like, you yeah. can't expect, you can't expect that kind of results, like, when you don't put any effort into treating it in the same way that you did, like, right. the other series. Like, I mean, you know, because they put... They just stopped airing it on TV, you know, altogether, and just yeah. put it online on online only. Well, you're not gonna get many kids like who are gonna watch it, you know, when it's only premiering online. Like every week, they're gonna tune in or whatever. Right. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. I'm sorry. Yeah. But no, that's the thing, though. Is they're still. You know, it reminds me of the thing somebody said on your wall today, Sam, about Bill Cosby. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, what was I mean? I know what I said on my wall about Bill Cosby. What did somebody else say about it? No, so, someone commented on it, and they're like, "This, like the, I think it was talking about the music or something, whatever it was. It was like this was really important for me growing up, and it meant a lot to me. And the, as much as I appreciated it in the moment, um, the humanity." of the situation outweighs any benefit that I gained and whatever personal sadness I feel at losing this role model that I thought was really important is, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, is outweighed by the people who've been hurt by this situation and all I can do is grieve like for them. I thought that like wh what if people with Gamergate or whatever like had that perspective so like like I'm thinking Jen of your what you just said now, and it's like, this character meant so much to me, and the fact that it's been, she's been treated poorly by the, by the company and all of this other problematic stuff with it doesn't change how impactful it was for me, but it, but it makes it me sort of grieve. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah, like, I, um, it was it was interesting, because last year, you know, I like, I like to make, um, like, GIFs of, like, you know, Things and I, I did a lot of like holiday ones and there's an episode of um, the Proud Family that like explores uh, like Kwanzaa and stuff um, and God I got so many you know so many uh, notes and like reblogs and stuff of people you know who are like you know like this is really important to me like as a kid like you know because um, it it was like one of the only things like in in children's uh, programming that talked anything about Kwanzaa at all or like mm -hmm. anything like that um, and it and just so many people and like I think people like really I don't know like I feel like they just forget or take it like take advantage of like what uh, kind of like those kind of like role models even though they're like fictional or whatever they like take advantage of the fact that they were there in their childhood or whatever and mm -hmm. like think well you know I didn't have a problem with that but you also aren't thinking about, like, how many you had, you know, versus, like, some others who, you know, given uh, their race or anything, like, that wouldn't have, any, you know. Well, and honestly, if you read something now or if you see something now and then you see it ten years from now, like, I hope I've grown enough as a person to be able to see it differently, you know what I mean? Right. So, like, 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 I've seen a lot of the responses, particularly from people I respect, about, like, Gamergate or other things that I'm trying to not mention specifically, um, <laughs> who it's like, like, 
yes, like games were important for you growing up, and they your group meant something to you, and it was amazing, and it was the only place you were accepted, and you've dedicated your life to it. And like that isn't devalued by the fact that gaming is really fucked up and treats women terribly. Like and that thing, like this this is one thing that always it always interests me, and this happens with any enclosed group. Um, but it's something that as a Christian I run into a lot too, where when somebody is part of that faith and then does something that I'm like, that was a really horrible thing to do. There is this this urge for like people to rush and be like, but not everybody is like that. It's the not all men hashtag. And it's like, but if there's enough of it happening, should we take a look at this? Like, shouldn't we be more mad at the people who are doing this? Shouldn't we be furious at the people who are doing this because they're, they're claiming to have that identity with us? Why is our anger at the people who are saying this was bad and not the people who are doing the thing using the name of something we love? Like, why are we not getting mad at the people doing this stuff? Mm -hmm. As someone who bursts into flames when they walk by a church, I say, <laughs> what was it one time? Something Jeebus-y came up, and Sam was like, I'm surprised you haven't burst into flames yet, Alex Lane. <laughs> um, but the sentiment, I think, is, is valuable, where you can still have something. I mean, look at all of us. I mean, many of us have dedicated our entire lives to video games. Right. Like my entire career right now is is teetering on this idea of video games, right? <laughs> and like obviously I'm not gonna say, oh, you know, Laura Croft's sexist, so like this whole thing's a piece that's where I think like Anita Sarkeesian gets read so poorly because people think that her critiquing games is somehow is somehow mudslinging at the game gaming world and it's not like she obviously her life is games right and as problematic as her problematic and simple as her critiques are right. like she still you know obviously has chosen this medium to do you know so so claiming that she is somehow less of a gamer because she's critiquing it and then taking that and saying that you are not going to buy into the critiques of it because it meant so much to you is mm -hmm. there's there's a cognitive break there that a logical break there that I don't think is helpful for anything. Right. Well and the only reason I bring up the religion one is because I see parallels in the behavior um, with that kind of excusing of things by saying it's not part of our group rather than dealing with the with the consequences yeah. of whether or not it is part of your group, if it's if people are calling it in that in under the same title, you have a problem. Deal with the problem. It's hard to be reflective. Although at the same time, people are claiming feminists are this, this, and that, right? And I don't Which see I many real feminists person. engaging with it. True. And that's um, that is that would be a critique that I mean that is something we should be doing. What's that? Engaging. If there's a if there's a situation that comes up like that, like having that discourse, having that dialogue, um, when we run across those kinds of instances. But there's also a difference too between 
marginalized groups who are systematically attacked or put down or discluded, and then groups that are in power, for example, religious groups in power getting critiqued is different than, it, it, like, so, let's say in the United States, is different than, m like, Muslim attacks, right? Right. Because they occupy a very different place in society, just like, like, white male gamers and, I don't know, women gamers. They occupy two different places, so... Right. The systematic implications of critiques or call, calling out of each of those groups is going to... Play right, and, and, and it's also kind of it also becomes part of what happens when oppressed groups get called out by their own, right? Mm. Because w instead of instead of people seeing, um, oh well she as a feminist disagrees with what this other feminist is saying as an individual it becomes oh look women don't even buy into feminism right well feminism is under attack for a lot of reasons right now um, for a lot of what I consider completely bullshit reasons right. and right. furthermore any woman who speaks up um, against an injustice to, uh, happening against her herself or another woman is labeled a feminist and then attacked. Um, so yeah, uh, that might be too problematic of a reference to bring up in this conversation. But we were talking about people who did right, so I didn't mean to. <laughs> I will say though, I've actually used the um, the Christian example in my digital feminisms class when they've brought up, you know, well, um, you, what about this woman that says something that you would obviously disagree with, or what about that? And uh, I, the because it's an example that makes sense to them, right? And I say, you know, well, would would all Christians want to be painted with the same brush as Westboro Baptists? Right. And that gets like that gets a visceral moment for them where they oh no no right um, so I think that it's illustrative in some ways because it gives people a touchstone where they can say like oh look I myself am part of an identity group that is debated and complicated and not completely homogenous across every iteration of it maybe. I, I think that's legit, I, and this is a genuine. This is a genuine question. So, like, people at Gamergate say that. So they say, "Well, don't judge me according to some label you give me." This movement's really about ethics and journalism. So, what's the line there between like you choosing to align yourself with a group that's doing all of this harm and then being able to distance yourself and say, well, no, that's not what we're really about. I'm not, and I'm not asking because I have some idea. I'm just genuinely. Yeah, and I've tried to, I've, I've debated that one too because, I mean, I, I was, when I was reading up on, like, Gamergate criticisms of, like, feminist arguments saying, you know, well, feminists will say don't, you know, don't lump us with, with these types of feminists, you know, you're, you're making a, a mass judgment. Um, and that's that's a fair comment, except for the fact that Gamergate hasn't achieved anything 
they they haven't done anything except yeah. for the people who are attacking women. Right. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of bickering over things, and I'm sure there are some actually very good-minded people who really genuinely want to talk about games journalism, but they're not doing anything. They aren't taking it to a productive level. They aren't engaged. I mean, I haven't seen any Gamergate topics dealing with the Ubisoft review embargo, which was a huge ethical games issue. Um, and so, like, that seems like that should have been the forefront yeah. of, of the movement. And if that's what this movement was, that's what it would be. Um, and then it, and then those fr the fringe things, the things attacking Anita Sarkeesian, the things obsessing over Zoe Quinn's personal life, like those things would be the background rather than the most mentioned thing in that ridiculous Wikipedia article that Jimmy Wales asked, uh, invited the Gamer Gators to. Is try it to is it ridiculous? I read it right after it first started, and it was not ridiculous. It was actually uh, very reasonable. It got more and more ridiculous as okay. the day went on. Interesting. Um, because more people got in and started arguing over it. And like it was the, the most interestingly articulated version of Gamergate as a not sexist thing, but as actually about journalism. There was actually even an argument in it in it that talked about the distractions. It wasn't blaming women or feminists at all for the distractions of the harassment, but it was like, it was actually, like, I disagreed with it, but it was a respectful articulation. That must have been on the window. Is, well, some of it is still in there, um, but when you, when you go and look, and I, I probably looked maybe six hours after they'd started getting into it, more and more people had, had been passed out more, um, and as you watched it develop, like, uh, there were a couple people on Reddit keeping track of word counts that were showing up, and like Zoe mm -hmm. Quinn yes, got that. mentioned more times than ethics or journalism combined, mm. um, and various other things that were happening. And it's possible they fixed that too. Like I haven't gone back since that first day, um, but even just within and the people that were coming and editing, um, it was it was an interesting thing to watch happen. Um, so it, it's if for the people who who are identifying with it as games journalism, like I would believe it more if I saw them actively doing things towards that towards that aim. Yeah. Um, and we don't we don't see a lot of public forums except for people saying it's about games journalism. And I mean, when you when you look at feminist movement things. I mean, we've got things like a podcast where we are talking about it, analyzing things. We have um, situations where people are trying to take versions of laws. We have people trying to act with politicians. We have people making critiques of news issues that are happening. And with Gabergate, I just see a lot of anger and yelling. And then the only proactive things that are happening are the attacks, are the harassment. And whether or not those are, are backed, they are the only proactive stuff that's happening. Well, which is a and I would, I would argue, I mean, some of, uh, you know, and I, th I had a post about this, um, 
One of the things that they've been trying to do that they argue is a response to journalism is getting advertising pulled. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that in many ways I, I see that as a move to silence. And yes. That's just as much harassment. Um, yeah. You know, it's harassment to an organization, not an individual, so it's on a different level there, but it's it's, well, it's both. It's both. It's, it's harassment to an organization and to an individual. It's harassment to an organization in that they're harassing an organization if you give voice to this person or this group of people. We'll try and, to silence you. Right. So you're, you're silencing an individual through the harassment of an organization. Mm. To, to be fair, though, this happens all the time for good and for bad. For example... The Adrian Peterson case in Minnesota right now, Minnesota could file a particular suit and get Adrian Peterson to play next week. And they will not because their advertising will be pulled, right? Because the fans will be so pissed, their advertising will get pulled, and they won't put them in. And that, to me, is a good thing for the organization and for Minnesota. Um, so that threat of pulling advertising dollars isn't in and of itself. But so there's a difference though. I mean, here you're talking about you're talking about a private business when you're talking about a football team. If you're talking about a journalistic venue, that's true. That's then true. the purpose and the philosophy behind it is totally different. Which which one was it that pulled the that Intel pulled their ad from? It was Game of Sutra, but they put it back. Well, I, think, I think one of the most interesting things to me from this movement is that even the people who are possibly in it for very good reasons, uh, or for well-intentioned well reasons, I should say, um, like they, they don't seem to approach it with any critical awareness. Um, there's a lot of surface similarities to tactics that are used in other situations, but they have no understanding of power dynamics. So that's what happens a lot with the comments on our blog and any of the stuff that we run into, right, is that there's, it's almost worthless engaging in the conversation because there's so little self-reflection and, and willingness to, to identify the harm that your movement's doing, right? Right. Like, yeah. there's no self-reflection in these folks. And when you watch them, like on the, if you looked at the chat log behind the Wikipedia page that they were trying to make, mm -hmm. like, like you see them skirting these important issues, but like, well, no, we can't say it like that. Not because it would be wrong, but, but because it will get it wrong. It would get critiqued or something, right? Like, there's so much rhetorical savviness and no reflection. There's right. even like like these academics that that I keep seeing post about this stuff, and that I've had arguments with and conversations with. Like, there's no reflection. Like, if you stopped and thought for three seconds about the implications of what you're saying, you would really consider revising it, right? Yeah, I feel like, and I feel like that kind of reminds me of like um, how a lot of like in my experience, like anti anti-abortion activists are. Like, you know, I've and I went to a Catholic school and it was like they would, you know, shuttle students um, on some mornings to go 
Um, but the thing is, like, you know, as much as as much to as go as abortion to what <laughs> to go to go to the to, to go, go to the clinic and protest. Oh. As much as as much really? as they oh, claim to like try and meet, be like helping these people, like they actively harass the harass people coming into the clinic, whether or not they're going there for an you know for an abortion or any, or, any or other birth control. Or, yeah. It's just like and and it's Medical like okay, exams because they you give say, to... you say you want to help them, um, but you're you're. Like, act, like really verbally harassing these people and like shaming them and like you know laying all this guilt and just like you know really damaging like you know their because you know it's not an easy decision and you're going in and you're there like you know t you know saying all these bad things about you and stuff like that and it's just like and what and what level is that helping like they mm -hmm. call themselves sidewalk counselors. But like, in what? Not, how are um, how are you counseling? Counsel. You're you're actively like trying to shame this person for their decision. That's yeah, not yeah. counseling. Like it's it's just yeah. It, you it's like just hiding behind like that kind of uh, you know facade. Like you're oh you know making this you know trying to help or whatever. But you're, you're helping not, them you're by not, bringing them over to Jesus' side. You're not thinking about like the damage you're doing to that person. Like not at not at all. Well, or the nuance of the situation. Like, yeah. that's that's one of the things about power dynamics is they're not easy to to pick apart. Um, there's a reason that you know post a lot of postmodern theory is dealing with trying to begin to comprehend power structures um, because they're complicated. And if you aren't taking those things into consideration, yeah, you can make a lot of comparisons about how you know. Things are very similar between how men and, and some some men and some women are treated, and how this isn't fair to make these kinds of sweeping statements because you're not looking at the picture as a whole; you're looking at individuals. And on an individual level, I think I would agree. There's you know there's nobody one person suffering isn't worse than another, no matter what their gender, race, uh, religion, whatever. But power structures change that dynamic entirely when you're talking about the scale and number of people that have to deal with it on a regular basis and how often and unless you're willing to tackle those kinds of complicated uh, non black and white issues then you're gonna miss that entirely yeah. indeed and we've been going for like two hours so do we want to talk about other games that do it right and then move on <laughs> or are we just gonna call it a day I probably need to wrap it up soon. I'm I gotta be at work at early. We can talk about toys next time. Next time, toys, toys, and more toys, right? Sam? And positive things, positive, yes. happy things. Hey, wait! I'm actually curious. Um, Sam, what do you think about uh, and everybody else too? What do you think about the Monster High dolls? Because I've been thinking for whatever reason about them, and like on the one hand, I really, I like enjoy how like their whole thing is, you know. Each one of them, like, they call it, like, Freaky Flaw and stuff like that. And, like, they all are, like, okay with that. And they're all, like, you know, kind of strange and, like, off, you know. Yes. Okay, so, so you know, I, I'm, I have a child of the age where other children around her are playing with these dolls. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they have all of these series. They have, like, the, the Monster High dolls, the Ever After High dolls, um... And so here's the thing, is that they all have these backstories. 
like the Ever After High dolls are the kids of the characters from the traditional fairy tales, from the grim fairy right. tales. Yeah. Um, horribly unoriginal names. Cool. Horribly unoriginal names. <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. But the thing <laughs> that I like about the dolls and the stories themselves, because there's a whole series of books now, um, and because the books and the dolls were so um, popular, Netflix, and they had a web series where, you know, they were like, each episode was like five minutes long. They put a bunch of them together and made like little shorts out of them, like regular 30-minute episodes. Mm -hmm. um, so there was three episodes at first. Netflix bought the rights to it. Um, and then a longer episode just got released like last week of like 45 minutes. Um, but the thing that I really liked about the story is what the what the characters are saying is what we want is the right to define our own destiny. We don't want to follow in the footsteps of our parents. We want to say, they say that they're not going to sign the, they're saying, because there's this book, it's called the legacy book, that you're supposed to sign the legacy book and have the same thing happen to you that happened to your parents. <laughs> Why would the villains ever sign that? And that's well, the thing, though. Yeah, like they don't want that. And they don't want that, that right? Here. And that's kind of where it starts is the first character who refuses is Raven Queen, who's the daughter of the evil queen. Um, she doesn't want to sign. Um, spoilers. And then in this last episode that just came out is that she goes is that she gets tricked into thinking that all something is going to happen something horrible is going to happen to all of her friends if she doesn't okay. so she agrees to sign and then once she agrees to sign the other characters like it's sleeping beauty's daughter um goes she goes she's like no i don't want to miss my entire life. I don't want to sleep for a hundred years. Mm -hmm. And she's like, not because my life is going to change, but because everybody I know is going to be dead when I wake up. <laughs> That's a fair concern. <laughs> so now, you know, more and more people like, like there's like there's the, the, the royals and the rebels um, and Couples are like, no, I want the I want the right to date who I want to date, to love who I want to love, and I can't if I sign the legacy book. Mm -hmm. So the story in and of itself is good, and I really like it, but gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Why do they have to make all of these dogs so damn slutty? Yeah. They've yeah. all got six-inch heels Women and really short skirts. And They're like seventy-five percent leg. Yes, mm -hmm. and that is so problematic for me. Um, so do you let P have them? The Monster High dolls are the are the least problematic because because they are um, supposed to be fairy tale based. A lot of the girls wear longer dresses. Because they're, you know, grim fairy yeah. tales. So they're still shorter than the traditional length, but they're not showing their asses like the Bratz dolls and the Monster High dolls. Because those are really slutty. Yeah. Um, And, you know, so because the, the same thing, the same kind of thing, I don't, it, there's no rebellion in Monster High, I don't think. I think that they're just the kind of the, the kids of the monsters and they do monstrous things and have their own stories, but I don't think there's like rebellion. Um, 
I like the rebellion aspect of the Ever After High stories, kind of, which is why, because it's telling you to think for yourself and make your own choices. Right. I like, I like that one too, in particular, like, because, like, you know, um, um, which character is it? Uh, Apple White, like, Snow White's daughter or whatever, mm-hmm. and she, like, you know, pressures Raven to go along with signing so, like, she can have her happily ever after, yeah. but, like, Raven is, like, well, you know, then I don't get, you know, I don't get a happy ending. Like, why shouldn't I get a happy ending? Yeah. She's I'm like, like of course you would want me to sign. You get, to, <laughs> you get to be queen and marry Prince Charming. Yeah, and-, and it's and it's like the whole through the whole series, she's like pressuring. You know, she's like trying to. She kind of like you know places like, you know, kind of like the guilt on Raven for like potentially you know messing up like her fairy tale and stuff. But like. Right. Never While it goes away. on, like, Raven is trying to, like, you know, explain to her how, you know, how, like, it's really not fair, you know, that, you know, she'd be denied that same, like, sort of opportunity and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, like, I, why, I, why are there limited happy endings to go around, like... Yeah, right. and that's and that's the whole thing. Like, there's some there's some like underlying like you know sneaky thing where you know because they the the professors like had told them like yeah if if you don't sign it that like your whole fairy tale disappears and like you like cease to be basically. But yeah. then like Ra- Ra- Raven like um I guess this is kind of spoiler, but she like <laughs> she chooses not to sign and then nothing happens and they're like you know, wait, like, we've been lied to, like, this whole time. Like, we don't have to go along with this. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. like, kind of where it's, like, getting to. And, like, I think there's, like, some underlying, like, you know, plot going on there and stuff. But it's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there there's interesting things out there. Mm-hmm. But the what's, what, it, what is so problematic, like I said, is, is the way... They construct these dolls physically and tell you. I mean, and it's, it's once again, it's feeding back into what is beauty, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, here's what you need to, to be to be beautiful, um, which is which is real problematic. Which is real problematic. You know, luckily we're still at the at the age at six where all dolls in our house are naked anyway. So mm-hmm. <laughs> constant clothes changing. So yeah, but yeah, the the Monster High we don't do the Bratz we don't do because they're just they're too slutty for me. Mm. Yeah. Well, and then I I made sure that I showed my 106 class, my English 106 class, the uh, Barbie. I can be a computer engineer book today. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I uh I pulled up the article. Which was, uh, you know, the whole Barbie got it wrong again. And it's, the first thing you see is just the title. And I have a female computer engineer in my 106 class. And she's like, how is that getting it wrong? And then we went further. And it was, it was kind of sad and yet at the same time kind of wonderful to see the rage spread. <laughs> oh. Like, I'm it's sorry, really guys. sad that she didn't see why it was wrong. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't until we moved down. Like she saw the cover. Okay. The, I can. I can be a computer engineer, and she's like, "How is that getting it wrong? Like, here is Barbie actually being a computer engineer. This is good." We're like, "Yeah, you would think so." <laughs> then we scroll down, and all of a sudden, she's like, "Well, fine. They can fix their own damn computer." Except <laughs> Barbie. <helping>. Doesn't- <laughs> 
<laughs> Except Barbie doesn't know how to deal with viruses. Never can actually do anything. Uh... No. <laughs> no, she understood the problem once she saw what they actually did with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, ladies, we're going to have to talk <laughs> about toys again, apparently, and uh, yes. and yes. and not... Not that not that we weren't sidetracked for good reasons, uh, but definitely important things to talk about. Um, so I guess that brings us down to uh, deals for broke game. Deals for broke ass game gamers. Gamers. Does anybody know when uh, GameStop is releasing like their Black Friday ad or Cyber Monday ad? It's all over the place. It's all on the internet. What? I haven't found it. I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen GameStop. Cyber, Cyber I Monday ads. Like I know, I know a whole bunch of stores are like you know quote unquote leaking, you know, or saying it got leaked even though they're like putting out early like to drum up hype and stuff. But I haven't, right. I haven't seen it for GameStop though. Oh, I have. I saw it. Uh, it's not on my deal site, and my deal site is typically pretty together. I refuse to participate in Black Friday, but if there is a Cyber Monday, I can be tempted. Well, a lot There's of Black Friday Monday. deals though, are online, but a lot of Black Friday deals are going online. I actually, yeah, and I actually read that like, um, like this one website like measure like calculates all the deals like on the days leading up to Christmas and stuff, and they said Cyber Monday actually usually like this year they're predicting to have like a good, a good amount of more deals than Black Friday. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Cyber Monday seems like the the time to actually do it. Well, I will say two things. The first is what I just said is. For the past few years, it's been less of having to go stand in line, although people don't realize this yet, mm-hmm. and more of just buying it online. Right. And the, the second thing I will say is that if you watch carefully, the deals you get all year long are much better than Black Friday. Right. Yeah. So, I don't see GameStop, though. Hmm. I could have sworn I saw it. I, I can tell you everybody else. What do you want to know about everybody else? <laughs> <laughs> we have tell, us what, coming up. tell us where we should be shopping um, I guess now or next week is the time to buy a, an, an Xbox One Yes. however yeah. most of the deals seem to be without the Kinect but they are good deals you can't get an Xbox One without a Kinect oh, yes, yes you can, can. Yeah, yeah. You can. they released that new SKU like a month or two ago oh wow I read that you're going to be able to get an Xbox One with the Kinect for only $20 more than without. Uh, I haven't so seen I that. Guess they're, they're only valuing the I'll Kinect. Keep tabs on you. But right now, or next week, I don't know if it's right now, but definitely next week, the Xbox One will be 329 Nice. With, with games, in some cases, like Assassin's Creed, I think is one of them. <laughs> um, do you really well, want it though? Like that's the question. Do I know? <laughs> I'm just telling you the deal. Just people, people in general. Do you really want Assassin's Creed Unity? You know. Well, there's other deals too. I forget what they are now, but that's the one that comes to mind. There was other games. They um, give it everybody a 
a copy of Assassin's Creed. It's like, here, take this. Yeah. Take it. Run. You get a free game. Oh, they do have... Well, I mean, I, I totally hear what you're saying, because my Xbox One came with Forza, which is the most useless thing I've ever seen. But I love Forza. <laughs> that's because you don't like driving games. I do not like driving games. I, yeah, that's okay. I'll, I'll pass um, um, I don't know. There's some pretty good deals on Black Friday, but they're not happening yet. But um, some of the newer games... Um, oh, I see the ad. Okay. I, I found it. Yeah. I told you it was out. Well, here's the thing. For if you need something free, free? that's not that's everlasting not, summer. That's not everlasting summer. <laughs> while you saving up while you're saving up your money for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Um the first episode of The Wolf Among Us is free on iOS. Mm. Oh. And the the other the remaining episodes are in app purchases, which so now and this is also a little news item now. If you because of lawsuits, if you go into your iOS device now into the app store, apps that don't cost anything are no longer marked free. They're now marked get is what the button says mm. because people are making arguments about freemium. Uh, oh gee. About freemium games not being free. Oh, jeez. Yep. I feel like I can't commentate on anything like this. <laughs> well, they just marked get, not free. So, you can still get them. <laughs> so, tons of good stuff. Well, Evil Within and Sleeping Dogs will both be only $30 on Black Friday. Uh, oh, that's what, I, and that's how why I forgot because Evil Within uh, <laughs> should be free as well. Right, Lego, it's a good price. It's a good price again, but for a new game, but meh. Lego the movie game will be thirty dollars. There you go. Yeah, I already have it. A good one. I don't know. No, it's no. good. It is. Stop. It's not. It's it has problems. It's not perfect. It's not as good as the other ones. No, it's not. Destiny will be forty nine ninety nine. Destiny's good. Oh, and everybody can get a free demo of Destiny. I posted that uh, on the Not Your Mom's Gamer page today. Oh, did you? I missed it. Yeah, they're giving away a, a demo of Destiny. Everybody can demo it on all on all systems. Nice. Yay! Yay! Yay. I guess on that note, that wraps it up. Uh, episode ninety for us. Mm. Wow! Nine more episodes before we have we have to plan a party. <laughs> Ooh, we can get some of that some of that pouch stuff going on. <laughs> get a pouch. All right. So on that note, that wraps up episode ninety for us. You can um, in between now and our next podcast, you can. Read our usual daily pithy posts at nymgamer.com where we post daily about all the interesting things that you would want to read about games in the games industry on a, on a regular basis. You can um, engage us in conversation um, in between listening to us or coming in and hanging out with us live on uh, recording nights. 
by sending us email at mymgamer at gmail.com um, or following us on our Facebook page. Just look for Not Your Mama's Gamer where you can also leave us comments as well as just kind of catching up on any interesting things we might post during the day. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at, at mymgamer and if Twitter and Facebook and all those other things are not your thing, you can also go to mymgamer.tumblr.com where you can hear everything that we have to say on a daily basis because that's exactly what you need is more of us. Um, <laughs> Obviously. So you can feel free to send us yeah, email, voicemail, video mail. Um, voicemail can easily be done with our little flyout app widget on the on our Not Your Mama's Gamer blog page or at the top of our uh, Facebook page. I think that covers everything, doesn't it? The myriad ways that we have of contacting us for myriad reasons. Um, and, you know, like I said, like we've said many times, we are always open and willing to have uh, rational and respectful conversations with folks. If you come to our site and you're an asshole, your comments will not be posted. <laughs> <laughs> Free speech does not have to apply everywhere, and that includes on our comments. Yeah. We 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 try to be respectful. We ask for the same. Technically, they have the full right to say whatever they we want. We post plenty of stupid to... people. It just might not. We just don't people. post idiots, racist, and sexist, <laughs> and hateful people. Okay. I mean, yeah, we post Alex Lane every week. She's pretty stupid. I mean, really? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so, much so much love. So as I was saying, I think that covers all of the ways that you have to contact us. So until next time when we head out and talk about uh actually talk about toys and games uh in episode ninety one. Stay warm, stay dry, don't get snowed in, and as always, peoples, game on. Game on. Game on. Game on.